Simon talked about real life. Now I want to talk to you about real life. Because outside my house, I've got two wheelie bins. I mean, you can't get more real life than that, can you? This is hard-hitting stuff. And um, ah, the council ran out of money and didn't empty the recycling one. That's nothing to do with what I'm going to tell you, but uh, there you go. Got that one off my chest. They have done it now, so all good. Anyway, the reason I'm telling you about my wheelie bins will all become clear later, but there's two, and there's one grey and one green. And um, that's good because you can tell which one to put your rubbish in, which one to put your recycling in. The problem I have is that on our street, it's getting better, but on our street, we've got those horrible orange sodium lampposts and uh, awful for light pollution. Most of the light goes up. It doesn't illuminate what you want it to illuminate. Fortunately, they're changing them. But when the bins are under this light at night, you can't tell which one's grey and which one's green. It's a nightmare. I mean, you know. These are real-life problems, aren't they? It's just awful. So I go out at night on a Thursday night because our bins get collected on a Friday. and They do. Well, no, they don't always get collected. No, that's... Yeah. It just gets worse. There's no one here who works for Bromsgrove District. No. And... um, so it's really hard to tell which one's which. I was losing my train of thought there, getting carried away. But the reason it's hard to tell is because of the light. The light that illuminates the bins changes the colour of the bins. And so it's really difficult to know which one's which. And we'll come back to that in a while. I'll leave that one hanging there because there is a reason I'm telling you that. You see, you see today we're looking at light. The subject of light, that my lamppost, my lamppost, the lamppost, changes the colour of the wheelie bins. Today we're looking at the lights. We're looking at Jesus saying, I am the light and the way that light changes things. We're going to look at what Jesus means, what the implications of that are uh, and what the implications are for us today. And um, we will come back to the wheelie bins later. But we'll look at some verses first. Apologies, no slides. I ran out of time. Um, so we've got nothing up on the screen today. Um, so follow this in your Bible uh, or I'll just read it out to you like we did in the old days. So John chapter 8 verse 12 and John chapter 9 verse 5 are the, tw- are the two occasions where Jesus says, I am the light here. So John eight twelve again. Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then in John 9, 5, Jesus says this, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So in John 8, 12, Jesus starts with the word again, or it starts with the word rather again. Again, Jesus spoke to them. That's because this is in a larger block of teaching um, that Jesus was doing in the temple and he was being challenged. Time and time again, Jesus was being challenged. So he comes out and says this really bold statement, I am the light. Jesus had a habit of not really calming the situation down. He was being challenged and it was getting, often it got quite nasty. 
they often went to stone him. But Jesus didn't seem to worry about that. He made often quite inflammatory statements. And in fact, all of these I am sayings that we've looked at have been quite inflammatory for one reason. In all of them, he is actually saying, I am God. I and the Father are one, is what he's saying. And he's also saying, I am the light, not a light. I'm, I'm a light. Choose me or choose another light. He's not saying that. He's saying, I am the light, the only one. And he says this in all of the I am statements. So you've got, I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. He's not one of many. He is the only one. These are not statements to calm a tense situation where you're about to be stoned for saying, actually, guys, I'm God. The Jews didn't like that. And they were quick to let him know. But he carried on regardless. In all of these things, Jesus is actually revealing that he and the Father are one, that he is God. Simply the words, I am, are saying that, because that's the name God gave himself in the Old Testament. As John pointed out last week in in the Old Testament, God was known as the Good Shepherd, or the Shepherd. And Jesus took that name, because he is God. So how do we approach this statement of, I am the light. What did Jesus mean by that? Well, let's look at what Jesus is talking about. Let's look at what that meant for him and what he was getting across by that. And then we'll look at the implications of that. Now, we're not going to look at every single reference to light in the Bible. It's a great study to do. You can start at the beginning and get all the way to the end and there is light all the way through it. We'd be here a long, long time and we don't have a long, long time this morning. So we're just going to look at a few. So Psalm 27 and verse 1. Let's look at that one. This says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? What this is saying is God is the light and salvation. That's what the psalmist is telling us. And there are lots of other statements around revealing that God is light. In the Old Testament, we also have lamps that were burned, that were, that they had lamps in, in the tabernacle and the temple that would burn continuously, illustrating the constant presence of God, the never ending presence of God, the light in the tabernacle and the temple, God's eternal presence. So God is light and we can see that from the Old Testament. But then we have this incredible passage in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah 9, and uh, I'm going to read verses 2 to 7. I want to read all of this passage because I like it. There's only a little bit that references light, but this is amazing. But actually, it's good to see this in its whole context. So Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 to 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those of you who know your Bible will know this often gets read at Christmas. It's not long till Christmas. <laughs> the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. 
You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Why? For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given and the government shall be on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government... And of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Isn't that amazing? That is a prophetic word about the coming of Jesus. And what does it say? It says the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. What is the light they've seen? The light is Jesus. So actually when it says God is light and in the New Testament Jesus says I am the light, there's this link that says actually that's true and this is a prophetic word. This is, it just There's a thread. You love threads through the Bible. You can just pick things like light, salvation, redemption. I'm reading a book at the moment called Echoes of Exodus which just shows uh, Exodus through the whole of the Bible. It's just wonderful. The whole Bible's like this. The Bible is good. It's true. It's coherent. I get sidetracked, but it's brilliant. So we've got this prophetic word about the birth of Jesus, Jesus being the light. And then John, at the start of his gospel, picks this up. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Okay, so Jesus is the word here. He is with God. He is God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And here we go. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. We're going to build on some of these themes as we go along. You see, Jesus is the word in this. And Jesus was there right at the beginning. He had a role in creation. And in verse 4 it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So we can see this theme of light again, picking it up into the New Testament. The light is life, and that life is in Jesus. That life is Jesus. And then we've got a passage from Acts. I'm just doing this very quick survey through the Bible of, of some of the references to light. Acts 26, 16 to 18, says this. But rise, stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness. Sorry, I must explain, because I'm, I'm reading this out of context in one sense, uh, in that I haven't read the, the context around it. This is uh, Saul on the Damascus Road. Jesus has just appeared to him. He'd been persecuting Christians and now he was actually being saved and he was going to reach out to Christians. 
that's the context of right, reach out to people and actually say, this is the way, Christ is the way. And, and this is what happened. So the, this is Jesus speaking to Saul on the Damascus Road. Rise, stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I'm sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So that was the conversion of Paul. And he was told, you are going to go out and see people turn from darkness to light. And then here we have Paul in Acts 26, verses 22 to 23, speaking before Agrippa, testifying, being a witness and defending himself. I stand here testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ must suffer and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people, Jews, and to the Gentiles. So that's a very quick whiz through some passages that talk about light. Old Testament, God is light and salvation. Then we have John saying that Jesus is life and light. And then Paul saying this is about people moving from darkness to light. And then, of course, Jesus saying, I am the light. There's a consistency throughout scripture in all of this about light. But what are we going to learn from this? What are we going to learn from it? Well, firstly, we learn that Jesus is saying, I am the light. There are not two lights, as I've just said, there is one. I am the light. There's no competing lights. And it's not like God is a light and Jesus is a light, because Jesus and God are both God. And so it's one light. There's no competition there. It is one. There's unity. So we can see there, there's unity in the Trinity. There's unity in light. There is one light not competing. It's an important doctrine. Jesus and the Father are one. Secondly, we learn that light is salvation. We're told in Acts, as we've read, that Jesus proclaimed light. This wasn't a prophetic statement on the invention of the light bulb. That he proclaimed light. One day there'll be light. No, he is the light. He's bringing light. Light is salvation. It's people turning from darkness to light, from Satan to Jesus. That's what it says in the Bible. We can walk from darkness into light. And darkness and light is not just about good and bad. It's not a metaphor, just a metaphor for good and bad. It is literally walking from not knowing God to being, well, let's look at what another passage, 2 Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 to 4, says this. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. This is not just a metaphor. This is about who you become. 
Actually, you become partakers of the divine nature. When Jesus said, I am the light, and he talks about moving from darkness to light, what you do is you move from being darkness to being light. This is about being a partaker in the divine nature. This is about becoming part of who God is and his family. This is about who you are. You are a partaker in the divine nature. You become light. He saves you into a relationship with the light, which is Jesus, and you become part of that. Now, that may seem a little strange, but there's some confirmation of this in Ephesians, the fact that we become light. Ephesians 5, 6 to 11 says this. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. We were not in darkness, we were darkness. What this is showing is just how fallen we were. Just how fallen mankind is. You were darkness. But what it's also showing is just how far removed from that you are now. If you are a Christian. You are light. We don't just see the light. We take full part in the light. We are fully part of God's nature. We are partakers in the divine nature. We are partakers in who God is. God has so utterly changed you that you are no longer darkness, but you are light. That's how changed you are. What that means is the darkness and shadows that you see around you in circumstances and situations has no hold over you. Just as we heard in the worship. Don't believe the lies. Don't believe that as situations come around you and there's darkness around you and things go wrong, that it's God punishing you or that you've done something wrong or that you don't have the faith. It's not that because you are a partaker in the divine nature. You are utterly changed. Your nature, your fundamental nature is changed to light. When things go on around you, you can overcome them because of what God has done for you. God is light. Jesus is light. You are light. Sin has no hold over you. Darkness has no hold over you. Yes, we sin. Okay, We get things wrong, but it does not define who we are. What defines who we are is what Jesus says about us, what the word says about us, and it says about you, you are light. That is how you are defined. That is how we are defined. We are a new creation. That's who we are. That's What defines us? But that has some implications. And there's a couple that I want to look at quickly. God wanted us to know him, so he sent Jesus. And Jesus illuminated to to us 
who God is. We then need to shed that light on the things that happen around us. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Back to my wheelie bins. You see, it's the light on them that illuminates them. And depending on the light that's shining on them depends on what they look like. What light are you illuminating around you? Because it's the light that you allow to illuminate things that will show you what they look like. My wheelie bins are very different colours. So I have to look at them in the light that shows them in those colours. We need to look at things through the light that Jesus sheds on them. You know that phrase, in the light of what just happened. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? That phrase, in the light, in the thing that's illuminated that, therefore this. What is it today that you need the light of Jesus on so that you can see it in its true colours? Real life. I found out this week I'm at risk of redundancy. <laughs> hey. Actually, yeah, well, it's a long story, which I'm not going to go into now. But actually, that looks like it could be a really good thing. Weirdly, I know. Um, but actually, it's real life. It does knock you. It, it, you, you. You just think, OK, what's happening? Two years ago, I lost my job. Here we go again. It's a bit different this time. And actually, do you know what? It's OK. We sang, didn't we? There's no shadow you won't light up. Do you know what? In the right way, who cares that I'm being put at risk of redundancy? Because God will have his way. Why? Because I look at it in the light of what he's done before. I look at it in the light of who he is. I look at it in the light of who he's made me. And that means it's okay. It doesn't matter. It's all right. But, you know, God weirdly blesses us through these things. And again, the light that Jesus, look at it in the light of Jesus. In there is a blessing. It might look like your circumstances that that you're in at the moment are just awful. There's going to be a blessing in them. Somewhere there's a blessing in those. Look at it in the light of Jesus. That's what we've got to do. That's what we've got to do. That's life. I could be panicking. But I'm not. Because as we sang in that song, Jesus has never failed me. He's, he's never failed my family. Ever. You go through rocky times. Do you know what? I will guarantee you he will come through every time. And I can say that with confidence because it's not really my guarantee to make. He says he will come through every time. He's the one we trust. It's amazing. And actually, when we let Jesus illuminate things, what does light do? Your word is a lamp to my feet. Why do our feet need a lamp so we can see where we're placing them? And do you know what? It might be that God only illuminates the next step. In my experience, sometimes it's only the next half a step. I have no idea what's going to happen. But I trust him. I trust him to light the way, to illuminate the way. And you know what? He'll do it a load better than I ever would. (sighs) Loads better than I ever would. Light gives direction and guidance. 
the light by which you illuminate or allow something to be illuminated has a profound effect on how it looks. If you allow the wrong illumination on something, you will change the colour of it. You will change what it looks like. And therefore, you may not go the right way with it. You need to allow Jesus to illuminate things for you. See it in his light. See it in the light of what he has done and what he will do. Allow him to do it. And then you won't go wrong. One John chapter one, five to seven says this. This is the message we've heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We need to walk in that light. What does that mean? It means seeing things the way that Jesus has illuminated them. And walking in that, living in that. We need to walk in that light. The other part of this, that this section that I've really called the light illuminates the truth. The other part of that is Jesus allows the Holy Spirit to light up areas of our lives that aren't quite right. And uh, sometimes those shadows... Uh, that the that in our lives so that the light of Jesus has illuminated something that is casting a shadow in our lives. Sometimes that needs removing. Might not necessarily be a bad thing. My job is casting a shadow in my life. It looks like that shadow is going to be removed. I might be disappointed if it's not, but you know, <laughs> who knows? It's weird, isn't it? It's a long story about uh, a bad company. But anyway... Um, but often they are wrong things. There are sometimes things that we do get things wrong and sometimes those need illuminating and they cast a shadow. And those things need to be removed so Jesus can fully light up our lives. We need to allow that. We need to allow him to do that. We need to be open to him doing that. What do we do when Jesus illuminates those things in our lives that need to be removed? It's easy. We repent. We turn away from them. We move away from them. We let the Holy Spirit remove them. We allow that full light to shine. What repentance is, it's turning, just turning away. Just turning away from it. There's one more implication before we finish of this light, this subject of light. God, as I said before, God wants, wanted us to know him. So we sent Jesus. Jesus illuminated who God is to us. Jesus wants others to know him too. So we illuminate Jesus to others. Part of us becoming light is to carry on the mission of Jesus in this world. Acts 13 verses 46, 46 and 48 say this. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, he's talking to the Jews, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. And here's the key verse here. For so the Lord has commanded us, 
saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. We have become light to bring salvation. Now, let's get this right. We don't save people. So when we bring salvation, what we're doing is we're bringing the the. the the opportunity of salvation we're shedding light on salvation we're saying this is what jesus has done for me look at the light he shed on me he can do that for you he still saves jesus still saves so there's no pressure on us to save anybody which is good because we can't okay it's impossible and if you've been trying give up you're allowed to give up trying to save people okay just give up jesus saves people but what we must not give up is telling people we can't keep this light to ourselves. You can't keep light to itself. Okay? It shines. And whether you like it or not, you are a witness because your light shines. Don't hide your light under a bushel. Don't hide it under a pot. Don't cover it up. Let it shine. I'm sure there's a song in there. <laughs> Remember what it said in Ephesians We have become light. Jesus' mission on earth can be described in many ways. It was to bring the, bring the kingdom of God. It was to live that perfect life that we couldn't live. It was to teach us. It was to die in our place and be resurrected to defeat death. But all these things boil down to one thing. He came that we might have a relationship with the Father. He came to illuminate the Father and say, look at me, I am shining the Father. Now that's your job and my job. Because Jesus gave us a mission. Go, make disciples of all nations. That's it. If we're not doing that, I'm going to be bold here. If we're not doing that, we might as well all pack up and go home. Because yeah. that's what we're asked to do. You've, got, you've just got one job. <laughs> Illuminate the Father to others. Illuminate the Father to others. Do you know what? It doesn't matter that you haven't got it all together. Do you know what? That's a powerful witness because it says, I don't have to have because Jesus has and he's done it in me and he's working in me. He can do it in you. You don't have to be perfect to be part of his family. You're not perfect. But you can be part of his family because he's perfect for you. He gives us his righteousness. We need to illuminate Jesus to others. That mission has been passed on to us. We've become light because that is good for us, but it's also good for those around you. You can illuminate situations that people are in. It's just some great opportunities to be light wherever you are. Wherever you're placed, whether it's work, school, teaching, student, whatever, school gate, you are there for a reason. You are there to be a light in that place. There is so much darkness in this world. You know, people are really starting to lose hope. There's always been that. But there are situations around the globe now which are making people scared. Just this week, there are reports, you thought the last financial crisis was bad, you wait till the next one comes. I kind of think those 
some of those things precipitate the crisis. It's like, shut up, don't talk about that because you're going to make like a self-fulfilling prophecy sometimes. It's like, leave it behind. Let's speak some hope into the world. But those reports are there by people who understand finance. Finance is crashed and we still allow finance to run things. Yes. Rubbish. It failed once, it's going to fail again. But God will never fail. And we need to bring that hope. So Brexit, not going to get into the politics. I think, didn't John talk about that last week? So I'm not going to get into the politics of it. He talked about Trump. I'm not going to talk about him. Um, But do you know what? There is a lot of despair. There's a lot of people on both sides of the debate who are going, I'm not going to get what I want. You know what? Who cares what we get? Jesus is in one way. I do care. Don't get me wrong. But actually, Jesus will have his way. God will have his way. And we can illuminate that to others and bring hope to people. We are the hope of the world. The church. We're here to bring hope. If we're not bringing it, who is? If we can't point to the perfect God who's going to save everybody that calls on his name, no one else is going to do that. That's for us. We can bring hope. You can bring hope. If you haven't got hope and you're a Christian, then your thinking's just slightly skewed and that just needs illuminating. If you're believing the lies, that needs to be illuminated and just tweaked slightly by the Holy Spirit because you're there to bring hope. We can do it.